I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers episodes, both radio and TV, free of charge on LisaEvers.com. Now, in this episode, we're focusing on getting beyond gun violence. The high school massacre in Parkland, Florida, ignited a powerful movement to fight gun violence and remove the deadliest weapons from our streets. But our urban communities have been dealing with this issue for a very long time and only now is it getting the national attention so many in our city feel it deserves. Um, now many are hoping that this new youth movement that has come out of the Parkland shooting can unite students, can unite residents from inner city areas with the suburban and rural communities that have very different approaches and ideas about guns and come to some sort of resolution so that we no longer see these massacres that take so many young lives and really just tear at the hearts and the soul of our country. So joining us for this conversation, Jumani Williams. He's a New York City Council member from Brooklyn's 45th District. He's also the co-chair of the task force on gun violence, and he's also a candidate for lieutenant governor in the state of New York. Jumani, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Nupal Kiazolo. She is a senior at Nelson Mandela School for Social Justice. She's the president of the Youth Coalition for Black Lives Matter here in New York, and she lost her father to gun violence when she was just eight years old. Mm -hmm. New Paul, great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Also with us is Jamel Howard. He's a TV and film actor. You've seen him in Power, All Eyes on Me, and many more. And he just received the MLK Award at the Urban Web Series Awards. And he's been touched by gun violence. He lost his brother uh, to gun violence. Jamel, great to have you on the show. Likewise, thank you. Thank you so much. Jumani, I want to start with you because you've, on the, you've been on the forefront of this issue for a very long time. Is this something new that we're seeing, or, or this bridging of this gap between what happens in suburban communities or urban communities? Because you've been talking about gun violence for a very long time. Well, uh, peace and blessings, and, and thanks for having me. And I always uh, just want to pay homage uh, when I meet people who have uh, dealt with gun violence. It's amazing to see the strength uh, that you guys have and the ability to take it to do uh, a better purpose. So peace and blessings to both thanks, of you and your families. Thanks. Um, I, I mean, I sure hope so. This is... Obviously not a new phenomenon. Uh, every time there are issues in the black and brown community, they often get ignored until it spills over uh, to the other communities. And, uh, you know, I've been very proud to see the young people in Parkland use this to spark a nationwide discussion that uh, has been absent. At the same time, uh, and I met a couple of the, the students, and I was uh, very proud of them here in New York, but I also reminded them that we have to make sure that the face of gun violence doesn't get washed out because uh, the, the majority of people who are affected by gun violence are black and brown, particularly in black communities, uh, black mothers, their faces can't be lost here. There are some groups, uh, Moms Demand Action and others, who have been trying to bridge that gap. Uh, I'm glad this conversation is moving forward, but we can't forget who the victims of gun violence uh, usually on are a daily basis, on a daily basis. It's very important. Unfortunately. New Paul, you lost your father mm -hmm. to gun violence at the age of eight, and I'm so yes. sorry about that. I can't even mm -hmm. imagine what kind of an impact that had on your life. What? Tell us a little bit about what, cha what changed in your life after that. Um, so... My father passed when I was eight years old. Um, he was shot twice in the chest. Um, so, you know, it's been very hard, you know, for my family to recover ever since. Um, you know, him, my, my mom and him together were breadwinners, but now it's six of us and she's a single parent. Um, so, you know, it's been really tough, but um, 
we're we're making it. So, and I'll be the first generation college student. Congratulations. So, thank you. So six children, you know. Yeah. Six children, yeah. Yeah. I'm one of six too. So it's a lot of, a lot going on. That's Me a lot. Too. It's a lot. <laughs> there we go. Jamel, what about you? I'll do a hot five. A hot five. Hey. Hot five at six. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, Jamel, tell us about tell us about, you know, how your life changed when you lost your brother. Oh man. Um uh, uh, he he was shot um a bunch of times, uh, somebody drove up and, and shot him in wine dance, um, William Madre. Uh, and I felt, I'm, I'm a big brother, so I kind of felt like, you know, did I fail my little brother? Because he was getting into things and, you know, he would post stuff and I'm like, take that down. That's silly. You know, you look crazy. You know, so I was kind of trying to check him on things. But, um, you know, it hit me hard because I'm the big brother. So... Um, what I did, you know, a lot of people was like, you know, you, 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 it was a great big brother. Don't, don't take it so hard on yourself. But, um, and sometimes you just can't, the streets, you can't, the lure of the streets is yeah. too, is too strong and the guns are too easy to get. And Absolutely. The, the and whole street scene is too, too yeah, much to and ignore. The, and the mm -hmm. cops didn't, you know, they, it's a mystery to them, but it's not a mystery to us. You know, yeah. It, yeah. that's the thing. It's always a mystery, and oh, we don't, we can't figure it. And yeah. it's easy to figure out. You know, right? Yeah. Um, and they just don't put enough work into it. It's yeah. not enough care into yeah. it. So, um, it's still a mystery. The yeah. guy or female or whoever is still running around. You they know, never, never arrested anybody. Never arrested anybody. Years later, you know, and and Mercy. then how do you handle that you know how do you protect yourself it's almost if, like their know. life is yeah yeah, it's yeah. And you're still worrying that that person is out there absolutely yeah. absolutely so um I, i've um i got other little brothers as well so I, i've been you know more in touch with family and, and trying to keep my circle tight you know because you never know what happens and anything can happen at any given time so you know just be close to family man and hold on and and try to be the real big brother or even if you're not i tell people all the time you don't have the father there the brother got to be the father you right. know so that was me a lot of times i was the father feeding my little brothers the cereal and mm -hmm. the ice cream you know my <laughs> mom was gone and um you know, so that was me so you got to be daddy even if you big brother sometime you no know? definitely yeah. and new paul what did it do to you and, and your mother and your brothers and sisters with not seeing anybody arrested for this um you was know that, does that add to your pain yeah definitely um you know the atlanta police department they you know they didn't really put enough effort to them he was just another black man mm -hmm. um and you know my mom still to this day um 10 years later she's still fighting she's still calling you know mm -hmm. even though you know they're so like so rude you know mm -hmm. but you know she still calls she's still fighting and i'm you know that's another reason why i go so hard in this movement because you know I don't want another eight-year-old little girl have to experience her um, father being Absolutely. killed. And not every so. dad there to, you know, for your sweet 16, yeah. walk you down the aisle, all those things. Yeah, that's all those hard, things. man. That's hard. Well, and you're we, about to graduate. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, come to graduation, too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, but I'm sure he'd be very proud of you. Thank you. All right, Jumani. In terms in terms of how the debate is shaping up, you saw these students. You've been you've been out at a lot of protests. You've led a lot of protests on this issue, demonstrations, rallies, that type of thing. The is this different this time? I you know I really I really hope it is. I really hope um, yeah, it, it it really gets to where we need to go. Uh, it's important to talk about the debate because um, the the answers for mass shootings are not always uh, the answers of 
what's occurring in the street every single day. And that's important uh, to really focus on. Uh, because as, as I always say, I always want to make sure we're focused on the supply and the demand, right? And because the supply is a flow of guns that's coming in to our streets. The demand is what's causing people to pick up the guns to begin with. And sometimes they, people mix those two up. Um, but some of the laws that people want to pass to deal with the mass shootings, and of course, I want to make sure that happens and access uh, to machine guns, they're not the same thing that's going to deal with the handgun violence. No, we're going to talk, going we're going to talk about the legislation too. But Newpol, let me just come back to the, this. With, and this happened with, you lost your father in Atlanta. Yeah. And the Southern, that culture there is it's very different about people's <laughs> yeah. attitudes about guns are very different than oh, New definitely. York definitely um, you know most people are uh, pro-gun and they have you know their ideals and you know you can't change that but um, you know I definitely believe that there needs to be um, legislation passed that makes it um, harder for people to get these guns you know guns are so easily accessible um, to young people as well you know because I've seen it. Young people just, you know, you can just go to somebody's house and get a gun. Or, right. you know, you can, like, in the South, really, like, you know, you can go to Walmart and buy a gun. Mm. So, you know, and I, I really think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, stricter gun laws need to be passed. Um, you know, people need mental health screenings before even getting a gun. Yeah. Okay, so, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll yeah. continue talking about that. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, what up? This is Clarity, and you're listening to Street Soldiers with the one and only Lisa Evers on Hot 97. You did. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're focusing on gun violence. Can this new movement that we're seeing take fire across the country actually come to some good resolutions and bring peace and safety to people regardless of where they live. That's what we're talking about with our guests. Joining me, Jumani Williams. He's a New York City Council member from Brooklyn's 45th District. He was, he was co-chair of the task force to combat gun violence, and he's also a candidate for lieutenant governor. Jumani, great to have you with us. Always a pleasure. Thank and a longtime supporter of Push for Peace and been at Absolutely. many of our uh, town hall shows, too, so we appreciate Thank you. that. Thank you. Also with us is Nupal Kiazolu. She is a senior at Nelson Mandela School for Social Justice. She's the president of the Youth Coalition for Black Lives Matter New York. And at the age of eight years old, she lost her father to gun violence. Nupal, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Jamel Howard. He's a TV and film actor. Long list of credits. I'll just mention a few. Luke Cage, Power, All Eyes on Me, many more. He's on the set of another movie right now. Mm -hmm. And um, he just received the, the Martin Luther King Award at the Urban Web Series Awards, yes. and he lost his brother, uh, his younger brother, to gun violence. Jamel, thank you so much thank for being you. with us. Thank you for having me. New Paul, tell us about the whole idea of the student walkout that happened, and because that seemed to be bringing students from a lot of different communities together. Tell us about that. Um, so my I organized for my students at my school to go because I started a Black Lives Matter chapter at my school as well. Um, so we had about 40 kids go with us, and we went to the rally at the Brooklyn Borough Presidents. Uh, he hosted it, um, but he, he wasn't there, but, you know, he organized it, got it together. Um, and well, I think they wanted the students to speak, yeah, too. So yeah. We, yeah, so it was definitely, like, he, they pushed for students to, you know, student voices. Um, and I spoke there, and it was just so empowering and very inspiring to see young people from all across the city and just young people all across the country come together because for too long, you know, we're left in the back burner, although we are the backbones of these movements. You know, young people drive social movements. And, um, you know, I feel like our voices are being taken seriously now 
because um, I've been a civil rights activist since I was 13 years old. And things oh, that's that I've, great. That's awesome. Yeah, things that I've faced is ageism, misogyny, of course, because I'm a woman. And, you know, now that, you know, I still face it, you know, but it's with this movement and, you know, as people see I come up, you know, and they see that, yes, I'm articulate. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. Um, I know how to speak about these issues. You know, I guess I'm, you know, and us as a collective, we're being taken more seriously. So, um, yeah, I, I really think that we're starting something beautiful. And this can't just be a moment. You know, this has to... You're, you're reading my mind because that, yeah. that was the criticism. Some people are saying, yeah. well, you know, it's a moment. They're teenagers or they're students. Yeah. And this is, this is just going to pass. Jamel, when you saw all those students walking out, when you saw this, you know, this outcry from the students in Parkland and then how it galvanized, a lot of students in our communities like New Paul who've been working on this issue in their, you know, for, for many years without that same kind of national mm -hmm. platform being mm -hmm. offered to them. Mm -hmm. What did you think about that? I'm like, wow, I, w I wish this was there when I was coming up, yeah. you know, when things were going on. And um, I think we, you know, we missing, we missing the, the, the people that, that are, you know, like this gentleman right here that, that, that come in the, in the communities and lead things like that for us, you know. Um, for those kids to do something like that on their own, you know, is powerful, man. It's, it speaks a lot. And for, for her to even being an activist at that age, you know, is, is powerful. So it's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. Jumani, man. one of the things that came out of the, after Parkland, the students said, and it, it kind of haunted me because it, it kind of touched a nerve that of something that I felt for a long time. They go speaking to the adults, go, you failed us. Hmm. Have we failed them? Oh, for sure. That's, that's an absolutely yes. correct uh, statement. Um, you know, two things I wanted to say on the previous question. One is, most of the social movements that we think about, it's young people that have really took the charge and taken it further. People right. forget Dr. King was like 26 years old. Like he wasn't that that old. Right. right. And yeah. if it wasn't for students being in the streets as well, uh, from South Africa to here, and most of the st movements have been uh, students. And, and, and so I'm, I'm very happy that they're there because that means that we can move it further. But I do also, as you point out, I want to make sure we shout out people who have been doing this work for such a long yes. time. Yes. Um, the Fatata Brothers, Erica Ford, A.T. Mitchell. We now have Shanduk McFadder, K. Bain. People who have been working on these things for so long but could not get the attention. And it's important to say that because every time they people pretend like the folks in these communities don't care about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's right. just like not why true. Are the, why, are the, why are they, the people who live in the, in the communities where these problems are, why are they not doing something? Mm -hmm. And the fact is people are, are doing, doing something. Yeah. Have been, yes. right. It's just there's not right. national television cameras. And, and it's working. Covered. I just want to say the things that have been introduced, and I give credit uh, to this mayor and this com police commission, we have a lot of work to do. But we were told uh, several years ago that the sky would crack open, black and brown people would drop from the sky and start killing each other if we did the things we asked we have a, a better way of doing policing we have a better way of addressing gun violence a demand issue we have the office of prevention gun violence prevention and shootings are at the lowest point they've been since 1951 so we're going in the right direction in terms of new york city right the changes in the police tactics as Absolutely. well as the and the involvement with the community and 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 more empowerment to the community groups that like Absolutely. you said were, have been been on the front lines for this new paul what do you think what is the goal like are there are there specific goals that you and the other students have or is there what would you like to see happen because we're here many different things like ban all guns ban assault rifles um, have some kind of 
background checks so that people that have mental problems or, you know, violent criminal histories can't get their hands on them. What what are some of the things that resonate with, with you and the fellow students? Um, like some things that I'd like to see for sure is uh, more common sense gun laws. Um, you know, also like, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, there needs to be mental screenings before people obtain guns. You know, um, young people, you know, should not just be able to get guns so easily. They should not be so easily accessible. Um, and older people as well. Um, anybody that's not, you know, fit to own a gun should not have one. Um, you know, and one thing that really, like, it brings me back to when I was in Charlottesville. Um, I was one of the youngest counter protesters there on August 12th. And, you know, the KKK and them, they had their, you know, militia. They had, they were like suited up. You it's know? real down there. Yeah. For people that are <laughs> definitely, yeah. people that, most definitely. Yeah. I've, I've witnessed it. There's, yeah. there's people that are, people in New York sometimes don't understand that it really is real. Yeah. yeah. Like they were ready to shoot to kill. And you could just look at in some of their eyes and like see that, you know, they, they really wanted to. Empty. Empty. Yeah. yeah. And um, you could just tell that they're not all there mentally. You know, I had a gun pointed at me. And at, at that moment, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, I'm oh going to die. I'm like, I'm like saying my graces in my head, you know. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, well, what did you tell your mom when you were going down there? Um, I told her that I was going for an anti-white supremacy rally. Um, I didn't mention that the KKK or, you know, anything else was going to be there because I didn't want to scare her. Mm. So, but, you know, I knew that I had to be down there to go help those people, you know, that were going to be affected that actually live in Charlottesville. So, you know, like just, you know, experiencing that as well, like there's no reason why these people should be allowed to have guns, like military grade weapons. Right, military grade weapons. What do you think about that, Jamel? Yeah, you, like, she touched on something. She says, common sense, you know, and, and that, and those, it should be common sense laws. Like, why would a kid, uh, 18 who's still in 12th grade, you know, need a gun, you know, at all. So why do we need to be that age to, you know, so it's just common sense, man. If I, if you can get an assault rifle, but you can't get a pistol till you're 21. Right, like, like the shooter in yeah. in uh, yeah. Parkland. That's ridiculous. He, he did, there was no waiting period for an assault rifle, but so, there was a three-day waiting period for a handgun. That's crazy. There's a there's a few things there. One, I mean, so one, obviously common sense gun laws ha doesn't mean you have to take away the Second, a second Amendment. Mm -hmm. One is we just have to figure out there's too much unfettered access to guns, mm -hmm. and it's not about illegal or illegal guns because all illegal guns were legal at some point. And so right. we have to have a checkpoint right. of this access to guns but also on the demand side, we always have to talk about the demand side, and I always want to be careful when we talk about mental illness and mental health uh, because they're not they're not necessarily interchangeable. Mm -hmm. So obviously, people with mental illness don't for the mass for the vast majority of folks are not prone to crime. Exactly, mm -hmm. and I want to that. pick up on that point. We need to sure. take a short break. We'll sure. pick up on that point when we come back. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yo, Safari checking in live, and you know that outside is cold weather. Nobody else do it better, and she don't do cheap leather. That's why I'm here rocking with Lisa. Evers. Street. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're focusing on what can really be done to end gun violence. Joining me for this conversation, Jumani Williams. He's a New York City Council member from Brooklyn's 45th District. He was also the co-chair of the Task Force to Combat Gun Violence, and he's a candidate for Lieutenant Governor. Jumani, great to have you with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Nupal Kiazolu. She is a senior at the Nelson Mandela School for Social Justice. She's the president of the 
Youth Coalition of Black Lives Matter, and she has a personal connection to this issue at the age of eight. She lost her father to gun violence. Nupal, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Jamel Howard. He's a TV and film actor. If he looks familiar, that's because he's got a long list of credits. Luke Cage, Power, All Eyes on Me and many more. He just received the MLK Award at the Urban Web Series Awards, yes. and he's been touched by gun violence. He lost his younger brother to gun violence. Jamel, thank you so much for being uh, with thank us. You, thank you, thank you for having me. Let's talk about this issue, this mental health, mental illness being an interchangeable. I don't think anybody would want somebody who is seriously mentally ill mm -hmm. and violent, which they say is about 10% of all people who are have serious mental illness yeah. to be able to get a gun. But Jumani, you have problems with the way those definitions are Yeah, I think because everyone kind of uses them interchangeably, and it's not fair for folks who have uh, mental illness, and it's not helpful uh, to the debate. So as you mentioned, the vast majority of people with mental, mental illness are not prone to violence. But of course, you want to make sure those who are don't have access. But I think if you talk about mental health, uh, that encompasses most of us at some point have a crisis or some kind of pressure that we might need some mental health attention like I've been trying to figure out a way to get that word out that's more acceptable for folks if you walk into a gun store and you need a gun right now right you probably shouldn't get it there should probably be a waiting time a cool down period people who commit suicide are most likely uh, to do that if they have access to a gun mm -hmm. and so that waiting period in particular might be helpful for someone who's thinking in, ter about in terms of saving yeah. lives um, New Paul in terms of the streets and in terms of teens Help people understand how easy it is, even though guns are illegal in New York, or is it easy for teens to get them? Because some of the shootings we see still going on, the people pulling the trigger are in their late teens or early 20s. Um, yeah, um, so I lived in an impoverished community, so I know about this stuff firsthand. Um, it's very easy. Uh, you can just go to, you know, what they say, your local plug, and yeah. And you can you can get it like you can go to somebody's house like I need to buy this gun. They'll sell it, you know, for a low price, a hundred dollars, two hundred. No, it's very it's so easy to get a gun. So, um, yeah. And I'd say, I remember in high school, now, this is back in the 90s. I had spoken to somebody about wanting to get a gun on the seventh floor. By the time I got to the first floor, somebody else came to me uh, to try to make the exchange. And so I remember that way back in the 90s, so I can only imagine what's and happening. What, what the iron, iron pipeline is. Yeah, and they come in, They probably coming from the south because that's where they, they can just walk into the store to get them. And they then, are. They call it the, uh, the I-95, the iron pipeline. The iron pipeline. Yes. They get them in the south, drive yeah. them up here yes. in somebody's trunk or whatever, yeah. and, mm -hmm. then and then sell them out of somebody's apartment, mm -hmm. just like you were saying. There is mm -hmm. a good a, a good percentage that comes from upstate New York as well, but most of it oh, really? does come from uh, from down south. south. And yeah. by the way, as I travel across the state, um, these issues uh, are germane to everyone, and everyone's looking uh, for leadership that they're not seeing, uh, particularly, uh, you know, coming from the state, the gubernatorial mansion. There's a lot of things that can happen, particularly in the localities. I think we've done well in New York City in terms of demand. Most of the data, when you look at people who are dealing with gun violence, are dealing with issues uh, that have to do with lack of jobs, yes. lack of education, yes. poverty. And it's important to deal with that housing. But I just want to stop you right there because yeah. some people hearing that and watching this right now are saying, oh, that's excuses. Oh, no, for no their excuses. Just no. be clear. There's yeah. two discussions personal responsibility and historic structural uh, deficits. You got to deal with both of those. Yes. Everyone's responsible and should be held accountable for their actions. But at the same time, as individuals, but the big picture is. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Is, Absolutely. Is, is Absolutely. That. I think that, too, like, it, there's a. There's, 
we missing a lot. And if, if we talking about the inner cities and, you know, in, in the quote unquote, the hood, mm -hmm. the, we missing a lot. Yeah. You know, we missing a lot of the programs like I, where I moved to and where I came from is two different places. Mm -hmm. And the things that's offered where I moved to uh, was not offered there as, a, as right. for a kid. Like programs, you know, we all wait in the hood. You waiting for a, a basketball tournament and it's one, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, in another area, they have six, seven different basketball and tournaments. Gyms open and gyms all days open and, and, yeah. Yeah, you know, and um, programs yeah. and things for, for to keep people busy and that's mm -hmm. where you get the kids in in class and they they you know give them oh yeah he's yeah. ADHD or he you know he yeah. can't yeah. sit still it's because you're they not get feeding tutors, right? on yeah. Solange's yeah. album Master P had a great interview and he was talking about you know in the white community when they have drugs or mental issues they have access to someone to help deal with that absolutely yeah. in the quote unquote hood hood. They just got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you're figuring it out and you have access to these weapons, that's a it dangerous turns, yeah. combination. Yeah. And, like, to touch on that, um, like, when you live in these impoverished communities and there's no resources available, it's very scarce or there's none, um, it creates a survival of the fittest mentality. So, you know, I talk to these people. I live in, I live in the hood. I talk to these people. They said, well, if I had a job, you know, a good-paying job, something that could actually sustain my family because – these rent prices here are absolutely insane. You know, I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing. You know, not everyone can go to college, you know, and get their degree and take that path. That's just not a reality for everyone. And a lot of people don't even graduate high school. Exactly. Because of what's what's going on with that. But exactly. let, me, let me bring it back to the to the gun issue. Jumani, you travel, you're a New York guy, but you traveled upstate, especially as you're, you know, preparing for your run for lieutenant governor. The um, the upstate issues, are they different? Because we've heard this big, that there's kind of like a divide between the urban areas like New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and then the suburban or rural areas like we saw in Florida mm -hmm. where it's the AR-15, it's these you know assault rifles, it's the mili military-grade weapons. But in the city, it's these usually an illegal like a nine. Mm -hmm. So uh, one, I just want to make sure you say the, the data shows that the number one thing to cut violent crime arrests in half is a job. Yeah. So I just want to make sure we put, we put that out there. Okay. And I've done a lot of to try to deal with uh, some of youth jobs in the city. We've been have success. The issues are very similar. Um, they have small differences. And so if you're dealing with uh, mass shootings for, say, in a school, you're generally going to deal with uh, machine gun types. If you're dealing with uh, the day-to-day uh, -day gun violence, you're really going to deal with handgun, um, handgun violence. And so uh, there are different solutions and some of the same, but you have to talk about them a little, uh, a little differently. Different, yep. But my hope is those groups are going to be coming together. But the issues uh, that are underlying often are the same, whether it's mental health, uh, housing, access to jobs. Those issues are very similar. I've been surprised at how similar uh, what I've been dealing with in New York City is happening in Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse. It's just manifesting in different ways. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. in, in some kind of ways. But, in, but in, terms, in terms of what can actually be done, Nupal, what, what do you think can actually be done? Because the, the, you and the, the activist student leaders like, you know, like yourself that are out there doing it, well, there's no one like you, but in terms of, you know, the, in terms of your generation, the high school, current, high school students, you're really putting this on the forefront and keeping it on the front, you know, on the front burner in terms of the national media, in terms of the attention, in terms of the politicians. But you're going up against the NRA, which yeah. everyone knows is super uh, powerful and gives a lot of money to a lot of political candidates. Well, um, we'll be, <laughs> we're just as powerful as the NRA. There you go. Hey. And um, so this is why <laughs> right. I'm, well, I launched this campaign. It's called Vote 2000. 
hashtag, hashtag Vote2000. And um, it's aimed to get more young people civically involved and also to get the new generation of voters, which is, you know, 2018. You know, we turned 18 this year. Getting my voter registration card. I All cannot right. wait. So, so, um, so the voter registration party will yes, be the new thing. You're going to yes, try to make that trend, right? Yes. So, so okay. this I is like why that. I um, brainstormed this idea of Vote2000. I held a voter registration drive at my school last year. Okay. And um, something that, like, it hit me is, like, a lot of these kids do not know like the actual process and I'm still learning myself, but you know, Trust a lot me, of people, yeah. <laughs> and you know, ends. yeah. A lot of people thought that, you know, you just voted for the president. I'm like, mm. no, you know, there's local elections and things yeah, like that. But that's because, you know, they took civics out of our schools. So, you know, talk about it. Yeah. So, um, this is why I was like been brainstorming and I finally came up with something that would attract young people and hashtag vote 2000. So I'm still getting people to sponsor me and, you know, help me push this. And also, um, I'll be, I'm the face, one of the faces for do something's national campaign concerning gun violence. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. That is, that is so awesome. And then yeah. the voter registration thing, you know, we started street soldiers. We started uh, hip hop votes mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. here and, and registered a lot of voters yes. uh, to nonpartisan, mm -hmm. whoever you want to, however you, you want to register. Mm -hmm. But, um, so that's that's an issue yeah. that's close to our hearts. Yeah, so we have to, sorry, just to say, like, we just have to keep pushing young people. You know, you cannot let up on this issue, you know, and also. There has to be the follow through. Yes, yes. And also, you know, a lot of people treat politicians like celebrities. No shade. Um, <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't received that. No, no, no. I'm saying because he's a politician. He I'm going to be, be the one leading the charge. Yeah. For elected official. But. Yeah, no, I'm going to be a politician elected as well. Elected official, right, okay. So I'm, I didn't want to like seem like it's an attack on him because I'm going to be a politician. It's okay. I, he can handle it, I'm so, sure. Say what um, you got to say. Yeah, so. I'm sure he'd want you to also. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of people treat politicians like celebrities, like as if, you know, just to remember, like, politicians are here to serve us. But you don't, a that's a term you don't really hear said too much, Jamel, anymore, <laughs> the term public servant. Yeah. Right. Elected that's officials used to be called public, public servants, servant. that you're there to serve the yeah. needs of the public and the that's issues right. of the yeah. public. That's if right. they need better schools, if they need hospitals, if <laughs> they need, see you know, whatever. That's why I'm running for lieutenant yeah. governor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a fact. I'll, to touch on something mm -hmm. you said, too, a while back, um, the, the, the school shooting thing, really got to get into what's the what's the root of the problem yeah. mm -hmm. and 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 we and politically it's hard to do that because it's it's like you're looking at you're standing on a building trying to yeah. pick people out and it's you can't see you know yeah. what i'm saying unless and, you're and on i the think ground. with that and i think with that one too yeah. there were so many warning signs that were yes. oh yeah, there, yeah. like like there were just a so many so warning many. signs and there was no but again it comes back to that issue of somebody mm -hmm. who's mentally ill and violent yeah. who's in that small very small percentage mm -hmm. that 10 percent of that population the, the, the there's no real safety net there's no yes. real or no someone way who's having a mental health crisis, which doesn't necessarily mean they have to be mentally ill. I just want to make sure we're we're, we're saying the right terminology okay. so that we don't Was get I a scapegoat. No, you just say I'm just saying he doesn't. You don't have to be mentally ill to have a mental health crisis crisis that needs to be dealt with, and someone should be identifying. Right. So, but I also want to say I with the NRA, though, yeah, yeah, but with the NRA, I want to make sure we don't demonize all the members. I don't have no problem. I have no problem demonizing um, the the leadership because they deserve it. But many of the NRA members agree with the common sense gun laws that mm -hmm. people put forth, and it is the leadership that prevents it from moving forward. Would so, you take money from the NRA? No. No, okay. <laughs> no. All right, so we're gonna take a short break. Oh, Jamel, okay. I'm gonna come right. right back to you. We're gonna take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, this your boy, Rolling Stone P. And make sure y'all check out the Street Soldiers with the beautiful Lisa Evers.
Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about what can really be done to end gun violence. Joining me for this conversation, Jumani Williams. He's a New York City Council member from the 45th District in Brooklyn. He's also the former co-chair of the Task Force to End Gun Violence, and he's a candidate for lieutenant governor. Jumani, great to have you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for being with us. Also with us is Nupal Kiazolu. She is a senior at the Nelson Mandela School for Social Justice. She's the president of the Youth Coalition of Black Lives Matter New York, and she lost her father to gun violence at the age of eight. Nupal, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Jamel Howard. He's a TV and film actor, a very busy one, which in your p profession is a good way to be. Yes. You've seen him in Luke Cage, Empower, All Eyes on Me, and many more. He just received received an MLK Award at the Urban Web Series Awards, where I received the Humanitarian Award. So big shout out to the yes, Urban yes. Web Series yes. Awards uh, co-founders. And um, he's also been touched by gun violence. He lost his younger brother mm. to gun violence. Jamel, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for All having right. me. You wanted to, t to talk about the issues, like what makes somebody feel like they need to go out and get a gun. Yeah. Um, when you In those situations in the schools, I'm looking at it. As a lot of those kids, they go they go to school. They have little small issues. Like one day they bullied, you know, and they can snap. Um, this young man, he happened to his mom died in in November, and I think that might have contributed to his his break, you know. And and then a lot of them they socially awkward. Some of these kids, so right. I, programs. Let's get a program that you know brings kids with kids. Let's do something that you know. Let's train teachers so that the teachers can spot somebody that might be having a. Pro you can see who's the kid well, that's the being bullied. And the students knew it. The students <laughs> yeah, knew that he had. He was suffering from uh, problems in Parkland. Yeah. So if you know that, let's let's remedy that. You know, and that way, even if you say he can't, you can't get a gun at right now, and then he turns 22 and then comes and kill. Like there was a guy that went to a school. He was older guy and killed a bunch of kids. You know, so it's like you gotta you gotta fix the problem and not just say okay, you can't get a gun now because it's the the problem's still there. Right. You know, New, New Paul, in terms of the, the Do Something campaign, is there a platform that's calling for specific measures or changes? Um, or, or is it more like get involved in whatever way fits t with your belief system? Um, it's that. And, you know, there's um, spe specific things we're pushing as well. Um, I'm still being, you know, briefed on it. So we will be launching in April, which is next month. And I'm very excited to be a part of this. And um, also, you know, one of my main focuses and you know role in this movement, you know, for gun violence is just to bring intersectionality into the conversation. And what does that mean? Explain that for everybody. Okay, so um, I just want to make sure that people don't forget the Black and Latino lives that are lost every single day in our communities, you know, because they're being erased from the conversation. And also to remember, you know, organizations that have been on the ground for years, generations fighting for this, you know, one prominent organization here in New York City is SOS, you know, Save Our Streets. Right. So, you know, just to remember that, you know, there's people that, you know, experience this on a daily basis as well. And not to, you know, not to take anything from those 17 lives that are lost, but just to... No, you know, not at all. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a terrible tragedy. Yeah. So um, just to bring intersectionality into the conversation so we can all have, you know, mm -hmm. somewhat of an understanding. In, in, in terms of, Jumani, in terms of legislation, what I don't understand is 
why isn't why do you need to have all of this you need to pass a test a written test and a practical test to get a driver's license mm-hmm. but you can buy a gun in a lot of places and they don't even you don't even need to know how to shoot it how to clean it mm-hmm. how to care for it how to you know keep it in a family situation if there's children around or or, or minors that's an extremely important point i always say i believe our, this country has a demonic obsession with guns that's the only thing i can think of because it's just nonsensical as you pointed out and you know, a vehicle is only meant to transport people and it accidentally kills people. Um, and you have to have so many tests and uh, you need to have a learner's permit before you even get the license. Right. But with a gun that training. is simply made to kill people, machine guns are simply made to kill people expeditiously. You need no training. You need no license. You need no insurance. You go in and you buy it. It's absolutely ridiculous. The most common sense law, uh, which was something people tried to get a lockbox. If you have a toddler in your uh, uh, in your house, toddlers kill people. So many people every single year. We're saying just have a lockbox. Wow. Uh, the the people who are providing, I believe, evil leadership in the NRA are even blocking that. They block anything that has to do with uh, preventing unfettered access to guns. But and do I, you feel people should? But you're not talking about changing the Second Amendment. I'm not talking which about gives the Second Amendment. The right to. For some reason, Second. Amendment is for some people the most American amendment that ever existed. We have the freedom of speech, but you do not have the freedom to yell fire in a crowded auditorium because it causes danger. You can have the Second Amendment and have some um, some some ways to prevent other people from dying. You can have some regulations around uh, these amendments. That's all we're saying. Common sense gun laws including addressing the demand uh, that's causing people to want to pick up a gun in the first place. Jamel, in your, in your career, as you've been on these sets, these movie sets and TV sets and around the country, other parts of the country have a very different viewpoint towards guns. Oh, yeah. People learn, how, they teach their kids to shoot them. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the legal gun owners, I will say, they are very careful about the, you know, they teach a certain respect for the gun. Mm-hmm. They teach a very, you know. a whole different uh, culture. But, but also rules and that type of thing. But does that clash with what, Urban America is saying that, you know what, these are usually used to kill and we just need to... No, I don't think it clashes. Um, people, you know, for, for for every culture is different. You know, every, every state has their own thing. And I think that people, you know, for, for what they're doing, that's what they're doing. But for what we're dealing with here, I don't, I don't, I think it's a lot need to be done. You know, we have a lot to do, man. They, they won't even allow the ATF to track certain data numbers and data points when it comes to guns. They won't even allow the CDC to study gun violence. These are things that have nothing to do where you are in this country. They're just, again, common sense. Right, because the CDC was trying to study gun violence as a health crisis. Yes, and they refuse to to put any funding toward that. You have dealers that, quote unquote, lose guns on a regular basis, and they can still purchase other guns. And then there's gun shows. And those lost guns end up on our streets. Uh, The background checks, the, the waiting period. Uh, Those are things that people should agree with. And most Americans do. It is a very few people who are the leadership of the NRA who dump a lot of money into elected officials' pockets. Those are the real politicians Politics. and prevent them from passing these common sense laws. I don't know, but they got these uh, students coming up, this 18-year-old, the that. voter voter registration drive. But um, Nupal, let me ask you this, because one of the issues has been this whole background check, uh, you know, the issue about a background check. 
What do you think of the idea, as some have talked about, a national background check? Like if you go, you can use your credit card or your debit card anywhere in America, and they can tell in like 10 seconds yes. if you can afford what you're buying right. or if you hit your limit That's or true. if you, the money's not there or the check mm-hmm. thing clear or they whatever. They stop you at the point of sale. Right. You're, you, right. It's like, bam, it's instant, you know? Right. So they, they can tell right away. So do you feel that there should be, with guns, some sort of national thing? Because we've seen we've seen problems where... You know, people go to one state to get them. They use these these what they call the straw purchasers, and then mm-hmm. come back to New York and Chicago and every place else to sell them. Yeah, um, I support that one hundred percent. I think that you know, it's not the only solution, but it will definitely be a great start to um, you know bringing uh, decreasing the levels of gun violence and mass shooting. So I support that 100%. What do you, Jamel, I'm sure you've seen that bumper sticker, guns don't kill people, people, with, <laughs> people kill people. What do you think about that? Um, you know what? I'm, I, I don't, I just suppose the age you can get a gun, you know, and I guess that if you push that out to, you know, 20-something, then that gives these kids time to mature and then they're able to get a gun later because it is their right. I don't, I, you know, I, you can't do nothing about that. But this is no reason a, a kid should be able to purchase an assault right. Like, that's just right, like the Florida, and, you, and it comes back to yeah. your common sense, your common sense theme. Right. Where in Florida, the the Parkland shooter, he could not legally buy a drink. Right. He could not go into a bar because oh the drinking my. age is right. 21 years old. Wow. Right. We found this out doing reporting the story. Um, he could wow. not go and leg- into a bar legally or legally buy alcohol, but he could legally at 18 <laughs> buy, an, buy an assault rifle. That's that's so. Man, does that's that horrible. make sense? That's horrible that you can, at this day and age where we are and the intelligence level of all of us right now, that we can still put a assault rifle in a kid's hand, you know, and, and take the bottle of liquor from him. <laughs> right. Know? So it, it, it's just silly, man, and and that's why we need. Common sense and, laws, man. And and, and, and you uh, want to respect people's culture. So I, I don't want to dis, just not honor whatever gun culture you're from, but you need to honor that without these common sense laws, people are dying. The leadership of the NRA are supporting two bills now that are in Congress. One is trying to make silences legal, and other was called reciprocity. Meaning if you have a, 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 you can get a gun legally in any part of the state, you can come to New York City or anywhere else in the country and bring a gun with you. How does that make sense? I mean, no, and in some of the, some of the areas where there is the gun culture, like Texas, they had the church shooting. Absolutely, there've been so many yes. of these shootings. Yeah. yeah, what you know, you ask yourself, like, what do you NRA and, and 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 a lot of the politicians, like, what do you have to gain from from allowing kids to do? Like, what do you gain? Well, NRA from is money. And they want to make sure that gun sales keep going up so that people who make guns get it. And elected officials, too often, all we care about is oh, the seat we're holding is more important than the people we're serving. And mm-hmm. we're only worried about getting reelected or going to higher office. And that's the stranglehold the NRA has had on these folks. And it's it's and they're just allowing 33,000 people to die every single year, 90,000 people getting shot every single year, simply because they want to get reelected. New Paul, do you think that the what you've gone through personally is gives you a different viewpoint that maybe people will listen to a little bit more than going like, oh, you know, she's one of these teen activists from student activists from New York, so automatically we know what she's going to say. Yeah. Um. So I definitely think that you know because I've experienced the effects of gun violence personally, you know, and I've faced you know faced a gun. Um. It gives me you know I think people would resonate with me because okay you know she's experienced she she knows what it's like to lose someone to gun violence, you know, and to deal with that from a 
day-to-day basis. So, you know, I think good, you know, sensible people would, you know, understand what I'm saying and where I'm coming from. And Jamel, in terms of people that are, have lost family members, you know, like you did with your younger brother, what any advice that you have for them or, yeah, you know? Yeah, please, like, just be a part of people's lives that's in your family. You have to know what's going on. You know, um, people lose touch with family and then and don't get back together until something happened, something tragic happens. So just stay in touch with family, you know, stay in touch. He didn't get to see much, you know, he, he was young. He didn't get to see, you know, Africa and Europe and go visit, the, you know, these places and see anything. So And you, see all of your success, too. Right, right. On top of that, you know, um, so just stay in touch with your family and know what's going on inside your circle. Uh, first before you know everybody wants to heal the community but you definitely got to start with your circle you know knowing what's going on with your own family all right well, i want to thank all of you for being with us for this episode of thank street you. soldiers thank you. Uh, city council member jumani williams and new paul kiazolu thank you so much for thank being you. with us and jamel howard you. really appreciate yes, your time thank you, thank you so much thank you. and remember use your mind it's your best weapon i hope it's your only weapon i'm lisa evers let's push for peace